everyone. Welcome, everybody. This is BNP Weekly, episode 150. It is 24th of January, 2022. So I need to actually check the year from here. It's pretty crazy. Now, uh, just to confirm, <laughs> it's 76th of March, 2020, right? Um, 765th of March, 2020. Yes. Whatever. So uh, welcome to BNP Weekly. In the BNP Weekly, we'll talk about the latest on the Microsoft 365 as a whole. We cover uh, the latest news across the different main products and areas and also community news. And typically, we also have a visitor. My name is Vesa Jubonen. I'm a principal program manager in the Microsoft 365 platform side of the house. And with me as a co-host is Waldeg. Who are you? Hi, everybody. My name is Valdek Mastikas, and I am Cloud Developer Advocate for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft. Excellent. That went actually really well. So 115th time to char. Right? Yes. So it takes today, a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for simple person, it takes a while to learn the basics. Now, um, today I learn. I'm a simple person. There you go. <laughs> there we go. These calls are so educating. <laughs> You're welcome. We aim to please. Now, so today... We are here the whole week. <laughs> today, our visitor is Hanov Tati uh, from Content and Cloud. Uh, used to be Content and Code, which got merged with somebody, changed to be Content and Cloud, which is now merged with somebody. But it's still independent, at least for UK for now. On. And Hanov is a relatively recent MVP, I think from November or December. So we kind of touch his career, his work, day-to-day -day work, and, and what it means to get to be an MVP. So let's jump on that uh, discussion first, and then we'll come back on the articles. Let's do that. So welcome, Anoop, uh, for joining us on the PMP Weekly, episode 150. It is uh, 24th of January, uh, which we probably said already in the intro, but uh, we are recording uh, this always on Monday and releasing them on Tuesday. But now, Anoop, you are a uh, fresh MVP and you're a developer. Can you talk about who are you and what do you actually do? So. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, uh, you are Ilta Paiva Vesa. Good to be talking. <laughs> that was German. I'm not in Germany. Oh, ah, I Googled, uh, I, I Googled no, it. Yeah, but it's German. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry about that. that That's true. That good and dark. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. So, is it not uh, good or middag? Well, middag. Yeah, 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 fair enough. So, depending, <laughs> depending the way you say it, like it can sound a bit more German, it can sound a bit more Dutch, but okay, all right, okay. I've Google then. So, <laughs> well, surprisingly, you had you had less trouble with Finnish than with Dutch. Like, I would totally expect it being like the other way around. Oh, that's true, yeah. that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, anyways, anyways. Yeah. So, welcome, Anoop. <laughs> so, can you do a quick intro? As we are. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, my name is Anoop Tati. Uh, I am uh, I am a SharePoint uh, developer architect uh, here in Content and Cloud, uh, based in London, UK. Uh, and I've been working with Content and Cloud for uh, yeah for about four four years and three months now. I think yes, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I've um, uh, I'm a, I got my MVP award uh, recently, just a couple of months back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, congratulations that's, uh, that's on that. Me. So yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. 
Now, uh, can we can, let, let's come back on the London? It's actually interesting because I, I, I probably other people want to understand how the London actually works nowadays as well. But uh, because of the the pandemic well, situation and things, subway and roads and there are buildings. <laughs> how London works? Yeah, that's true. That is the subway. Yes, um, but uh, can you talk about a Shoot. bit? I know what do what do you actually do for day to day basis? What does it mean that you're a developer and architect? So what kind of things you do? Yeah, so uh, uh, it basically involves um, uh, things uh, involved in the project from end to end. So I gathering the requirements uh, from the customer, uh, analyzing those requirements, uh, and then um, uh, coming up with the, with the design of the solution first, and then getting the design approved, implementing the solution, uh, and then uh, testing, and then finally releasing releasing it to production uh, based on. I mean, and then. You know, throughout the phase, there'll be like f- fixing bugs and, and things like that, and also uh, improvements and changes as and how uh, things proceed. So, yeah, I, I try to uh, be involved in 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 all the uh, phases, uh, but uh, but my main input comes from uh, uh, I mean, yeah, from requirement gathering to the end of development, and after on, I pass it to the uh, other team members or yeah, you know, be be involved in the other phases as well. So yeah, and that that is an interesting point, right? Because like you call yourself dev, but you're basically a one-man band. Like you're doing requirements, you're talking <laughs> yeah. to customers, you're building the thing, architecting, designing it, releasing it. Like it's a whole. You're doing everything. So is that a typical thing at the company where you work, where developers are really that broadly oriented, or is it just you because of your experience? So it depends on the type of the project actually, and the. Uh, uh the amount of work so let's say if it's a a very large project then uh then you know different people are involved in different phases uh whereas for uh for smaller projects uh it's usually one one man army and uh, or one woman army so yeah uh that, that's that's how it works in our company so it it's mainly on the size of the projects uh, and that decision gets uh, taken by by my manager Kevin, whom you have spoken to, yes. Yeah. Now, now the company name is Content and Cloud, so we yes. can kind of assume that you're doing stuff for cloud. What what kind of things are the the those solutions? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the development uh, with respect to the development team, um, you know our. Um, uh, our main development is mainly around SPFX and teams-related development, but there are other uh, other teams who are involved in different different aspects of Azure. So uh, we've got a, a technology enablement team who are heavily involved in uh, you know uh, architecting things related to Azure, uh, as in uh, for for clients. Uh, and on those lines. Uh, however, on the de- development uh, in in the development team, it's mainly you know, SPFX development, development related to Teams, uh, and Azure Functions, and yeah. Uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah, because Azure Function is the the way of then actually doing larger operations for sure. But and now related actually on that one, I, I guess it's always interesting. A- any scenarios? What kind of things are you implementing in SharePoint Framework? So what what are those things? So SPFX is a pretty broad technology. So so what yes. kind of things are customers asking people to do nowadays? So uh, you know the the one customer that I'm working with currently, I've been with them for a long time now, maybe a couple of years. Uh, they they like 
customization in their uh, SharePoint pages uh, with SPFX uh, web parts. Uh, so the requirements are, you know, very customized uh, for for yep. that customer. So this uh, involves something like uh, bringing data from uh, from different data sources like lists or uh, libraries and displaying them in a, in a nice manner. Uh, using the PNP search web parts uh, quite heavily in order to uh, you know uh, get back the search results and display them uh, uh, as and how required. Uh, and apart from that, uh, you know the other SPFX web parts involve. Uh, you know, communicating with Azure functions, uh, and then uh, getting the data from from the different LOB uh, yeah. systems. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 mainly that. And what happens is, um, as and how we finish a project, there's a new project which comes up with, again, uh, custom requirements, and all of those uh, we try to achieve using the SPFX web parts as much as possible. Uh, and yeah, uh, I mean, we do use out of the box web parts, but not all of them satisfy the needs, and that's why uh, we have to customize. So yeah, uh, it's mainly uh, web parts and application customizers. Uh, cool. Yeah. And and what's your feedback related on SPFX? You're you're happy with it? No. Uh, yes. This is a wrong uh, wrong obviously audience <laughs> to criticize and stuff too hard. <laughs> but uh, it, one is your kind of an objective feedback related on that, and how how could Microsoft improve that? Uh, right. For me, uh, you know, uh, I, I like working with SPFX, and uh, there's, I mean, with with whatever we have currently, uh, it it's it fits the need uh, for us. So we've been uh, working with SPFX uh, for for quite a few years now, and we are achieving the requirements. And whenever there are any issues that I face, I try to log them in in GitHub. Uh, and uh, yeah, I do get feedback on 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 what is go, going on with those. So yeah, uh, it's with respect to feedback, I, I like SPFX and I work uh, I like working on SPFX part. So yep. all okay from my side. <laughs> <laughs> there are no big rocks improvements. Like I don't know. Uh, let's say you want to have a new way to create projects or be able to bring your own templates or use different tooling or I don't know. Nothing big, extra, extraordinary that you might have seen. I don't know somewhere elsewhere, somewhere else, like Next.js or somewhere else in the uh, developer world. Um, no, I've been, uh, you know, mainly using React for all the development and, uh, you know, all the concepts that are available in React, all the new concepts we can uh, use them in SPFX, and there are right. again a lot of. Uh, uh, there's a lot of training materials slash videos from the PNP community, so yeah, it's uh, it's all good. So, I mean, yeah, if uh, maybe in the future where when uh, if there's any feedback, I'll I'll definitely uh, you know have a look. But yeah, I haven't uh, worked on other frameworks as such, so right. at the moment uh, I can't give any feedback. Well, so maybe related to that, and that would be probably the last thing the the last thing we ask in this space. Like, imagine, or maybe you have an experience like onboarding new colleagues to SPFX, like folks who have never worked with SPFX. Yeah. How do they go about it? How do they look at it? Like, it, do they really need to learn a lot of specific and new things that don't exist anywhere else, or is it like? Huh, like I can build on the web and this is just a framework with a few things I need to learn, but other than that, it's just the same experience that I already have. Is it more of one or, or the other? So 
you know recently i was speaking to a friend uh, who who just has web development background uh, and uh, didn't know much about sharepoint framework or uh, uh, you know he had he had heard of sharepoint so i explained to him you know this is how we work on an spfx web part uh, quickly spun an spfx web part and uh, showed it to him and uh, yeah he was quite comfortable with that because uh, he because he has been doing uh, you know working on web development technologies uh, right. it was you know quite easy for him to consume the information and he was able to understand what was going on of course there were uh, some points i had to explain but uh, that's just you know uh, you you have to learn those if you want to uh, you know uh, start developing with spfx uh, so yeah uh, uh, with respect, if you have some web development background then um, you know it's uh, it's it's quite easy to pick up uh for me personally it was the other way around because i have been uh, working on sharepoint you know mainly like non spfx basically yeah uh, so on premise and uh, server side so i had to learn uh, some of these technologies but uh, you know there were a lot of pnp videos a lot of lot of videos from the community a lot of uh, articles from the community a lot of information basically from the community which helped me uh, you know pick up these things and uh, yeah uh so yeah i mean at the moment uh, uh, uh like i said if you have web development background it's it's quite easy so one of my friend had that and he could easily pick it up and even if you don't have that then there is lot of material available and we can easily learn uh developing on spfx or using spfx yeah yeah, yeah. For sure, I think we have a lot more than 500 samples nowadays available, which is like it's yeah. almost too much. So, <laughs> and thank you, Anup, for being one of the persons who's contributing on the samples because those for sure help people to learn other things. So, for sure. Now, can we talk about bit your background? So, so and we talked about before we started recording that you haven't actually born in UK. So, can you talk about where? Why did you move to UK? Where did you come from? Yeah, sure. So, I'm basically from India. uh and uh yeah i was born and brought up there and i started working in india uh i started working with uh, sharepoint 2007 so uh and then yeah those were the days i uh, i think i still remember the <laughs> first thing i was working on was uh, uh, you know we we used to create like internet sites isn't or websites yep. using sharepoint yep. so of course yeah, yeah i think me and waldek are both specialists on that <laughs> with ah, our right. background okay. we've done it as well so <laughs> countless of dot com sites on sharepoint yeah nice nice ah good old days right yeah so that was one of my first projects and uh, yeah after uh, after that uh, you know i i came to the uk to study uh, so i completed a course in uh, in uh, business business management uh, and then uh, moved on to uh, you know uh, a consultancy firm here in the uk uh, and uh, yeah after that i've been you know just working in the uh, in the sharepoint space so yeah uh, uh, yeah coming to the, i think i came to the uk about 10 yeah 9 or 10 years back uh and since then i've been i've been uh, you know after after my studies i've been working here yeah so cool. yeah that's that's my background on uh, on the london i wanted to ask this because of course london yeah. i i love london because london is just absolutely beautiful city and it works and the under, underground system it just magically operates 
itself mm. always typically well there's there's always some maintenance here and there but anyway so that's every discussion um but uh the the past two years is it really been slowing down so are you are you been working remotely is everybody working remotely then from home and that would then mean that the cd areas and office areas and all of that would be pretty much empty is that the case or how has it been uh yeah so most of them have been working from home, at least in 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 uh, in our office, as in uh, in, in my workplace, where uh, people have been uh, working from home. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, my, my wife she started going to the office. Um, I think last year sometime, and she goes three days to the office, and then two days she works from home. So there are companies uh, who are doing that as well. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I have been. To the office, I think just just a very few times, once or twice. So uh, when I went there, it was it was okay. It was not as crowded as as it used to be. Uh, it was very very quiet. So uh, bit uh, bit different. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think uh, from from this week, the restrictions are lifted again. So people will start going to office okay. offices. Uh, yeah, from from next week, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just hard to imagine London being slow and not <laughs> around a lot of people. It's just there's so many so much movement always in London. So it, yeah, yeah, but but I guess it is isn't it the same for every big place on Absolutely. Earth where we're affected by COVID pandemic and all that? Like, wouldn't that be the same for I don't know Madrid or Paris yep. or Amsterdam or yep. New York? I don't know. Of course, absolutely. Absolutely. For me, London is just, I've lived memories on the, how it actually works. And when I flew there to save some companies around their SharePoint problems and all of that stuff when I was young. SharePoint uh, problems? Yes. What do you mean? It's <laughs> never problems. There are with no SharePoint, SharePoint problems. <laughs> yes. no. I it. there was one case which basically my phone rang like 9 p.m. on the evening and it was basically, you need to be at the London city in this whatever law firm tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Uh, UK town. It's like okay, cool. So <laughs> good to know. I can pack my bag. They had escalated on the on the right highest enough level on the on the organization, and then uh, because I was the European SharePoint Ranger, I got called on go save. Okay, fine. So and you went anyway, and you saved, right? And I guess it was <laughs> fine. It was more about actually showing up and drinking coffee and making them smile. So you know. So making people feel that we appreciate them and so who did all of the work? I, I guess I did the work as well, but still. <laughs> <laughs> While drinking coffee and talking, it's like yeah, exactly, just exactly. Reset. Have you tried <laughs> to turn it off and on again? <laughs> <laughs> and poof, it all, all worked. So yeah, there you thank go. God you flew over. So <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I can't remember the company's name, but that was one of the, the kind of weirdest cases whenever I worked as a SharePoint ranger because there was a lot of on-premises challenges around the large car manufacturers in Germany and then the oil refiner companies and all of that stuff. So come here, save. Okay, fine. I'll just drop everything and then fly <laughs> over. London is just, I just love the city. So it's just absolutely awesome. So yeah. On that note, another thing, another thing I wanted to ask, like, on the background, for those who don't, who, who cannot see, there is this little cr crystal with a slanted blue 
piece on it yeah. saying that that you are an MVP. Right? So you you became an MVP. You've been around, you said, since 2007, 2008, right? Is that is that right? Building SharePoint? Uh, 2009. Yeah, late 2008. Nine. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So you've you've been around for a while. Yeah. You've just become an MVP. Yeah. What changed? Anything changed or not? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's been what a couple of months now, and uh, yeah, after being an MVP, um, I have attended a few calls, uh, the MVP-related calls, and we can't speak about them because it's NDA. Uh, so, yeah, there, there have been, uh, those calls have, have been very interesting and uh, helpful as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but before becoming an MVP, I was uh, contributing um, to the PNP uh, repositories and, uh, you know, uh, attending a few, a few demos and also uh, you know, delivering a few sessions in in other uh, community groups. So I have been uh, doing that. Uh, I've been, um, you know, I'm continuing to do that. So yeah, with respect to the change, uh, it's it's mainly been uh, those calls and getting more and more information. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, that's that's mainly it. And um, I think that uh, as part of MVP, we get to try a few. Uh, a few of the third-party products. Uh, so I have, uh, you know, uh, one of them is Git Kraken. I use that quite a lot. So, okay. yeah, I've uh, been uh, using that. Okay. Yeah, I've got cool. a pro license for that now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so some benefits, of course, on it. And, and then I, I guess, the, of course, the MVP goals are kind of a good to get some sort of an insight on what's coming and what's happening and, and a access on, on information like I said so that's that's kind of the thing what we are for sure providing for MVPs so which we should probably yes. do even more but that's always um, balancing out the work and balancing out the information sharing and communications everything it's it's hard so and maybe another another thing I wanted to ask because that's a they like I know different folks experience it in different way and I recall back when I became an MVP way back when like it was the first thing was right like a very very big thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's it's, it's been eighty four years. Seventy nine. Right <laughs> <laughs> like oh, that's what the gray hair is all about. Then exactly, it's called experience, right? Um, yes. Back then, like the, the two things were different in a way. Like the first one, like the group of MVPs wasn't as big as it is now, mm. and it wasn't. Like it, it wasn't as easy to get in touch with others. And there was this first thing that I recall that like having that access to that group of folks, like that was really a cool thing because you got to learn from them even though you wouldn't work together with them, right? So there was a really great experience. And I wonder how do you experience that part of it, like getting in touch, like building up network of other MVPs and getting in touch with them is that, a simple thing to do now that we are more connected or is it not as simple because well you're a new person and everybody else knows everybody which might not even be the case but still like being the new new person is it easy to get in touch with our mvps or not i mean for me personally uh you know the pnp community has helped quite a lot uh, to get in touch uh, with mvps uh, so because of the uh the the demos that we have every week uh, uh, and then the uh, 
uh, the the PNP weekly calls uh, where we get to know about different articles published by MVPs. So you get to know that there are people working in this space and there are MVPs who are doing certain things. We should and, check those out. <laughs> yeah, taking a note to myself. <laughs> so so yeah, for me uh, the 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 community or uh, you know getting in touch with MVPs has. Uh, uh, you know, has been easy because of these uh, community interactions. Um, yep. So, and yeah, you tweet them, uh, they, they reply to you, even Vesa uh, uh, replies. So, so when, when you <laughs> ask questions. <laughs> Communicating, <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah, that, 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 that's the thing. So, the, the I mean, what I'm trying to say is uh, getting in touch with MVPs, there are a lot of uh, avenues now, and uh, the MVPs are there to help, uh, and they always help. So, yeah, that has been the case, cool. and uh, I, I have seen, I, I have a lot of examples of of, of that. Uh, so yeah, that's how it has been. Uh, but like you said earlier, uh, uh, it was not the case to uh, to get in touch with an MVP would have been, I think, would be different. Uh, mm-hmm. But now it is, uh, you know, it is much simpler. Makes sense. Makes absolutely sense. Because uh, earlier, I think you would uh, post a comment on on the blog articles written by MVPs, and then you would get uh, replies to those, and that was one way of uh, communicating. But sure. now that is not the only way. There are there are other avenues. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess and I guess it is also like and, uh, the difference is like if you are not an MVP and you post a comment where when you're just one person on on the internet asking stuff, but then once you become an MVP, then you are one of them. Mm. And that, at least for me, I experienced that that kind of changes dynamics in how people look at you because now they see like, hey, you're also an MVP and you're a part of this group as opposed to just being another person asking stuff, right? Because like we see all of the, like, and maybe that is also, I wonder if that could be, be related in any way to the fact, like in any community, we have this 99-1 rule, right? Where 90% of folks just take and they don't, ask, don't comment, don't like, just come, get their problem fixed and leave. Then there's the nine who interact with you and then there's 1% that actually engages with you and helps to improve things, right? And, and I wonder to what agree, because if you are just on their blog and asking stuff, maybe you're, you're a part of the 90 or maybe just even the nine part, but not the one. Whereas you're with them, you're like, oh yeah, now you went through the same hoops that we do, you you help others, so that why we are more inclined to help you and engage with you. So I wonder if that is also a part of that experience or not. Um, yes, uh, I mean, uh, so uh, I don't know, for me, uh, it's it's ma- it's been mainly the case of, uh, so whenever I interact with MVPs or anyone else in the community, the interaction has always been good and helpful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, as in, uh, if I've asked questions, uh, I, I have gotten replies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's my experience, uh, and I do the same as well. Whenever there are uh, questions in the articles that I write, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I, I respond to uh, all of them. So, um, so yeah, to answer your question, or like, I guess I need to, uh, you know, be in this space for for some more time, and maybe after that, I'll I'll come to know. Yeah. Uh, what it is so because it's just been two months now so right i guess uh, maybe 
Yeah. And and of course, as you are helping the others, if people are more inclined to help you as well, because that's just realities yeah. of life. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, as as an example, so I get like a chillion amount of messages in a chillion amount of different systems, like from LinkedIn to WhatsApp to messengers and people asking things. But if the question comes from a person who helps you and the others as well, then of course you are much more positive on and on trying to find the time to answer that. So you prioritize those questions and those Correct. people who've been helping others rather than those who you never heard of except when they need to answer from you. So it's like, well, those unfortunately, because there's only 24 hours in a day, you need to prioritize yeah. your time. So yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, a, a bad related on this one, but it just came to my mind. So one of the reasons why I moved to Microsoft in my previous job, which is now 15 years, which is crazy, was the fact that I came to be the person from whom everybody was asking questions in that company. And then I moved to Microsoft and my intention was I could And again, everybody's <laughs> asking stuff from me, like nothing has changed. So the problem is there, not the here. Problem is <laughs> but it is problematic for MVPs as well. So it's not like if the MVP doesn't answer back, for example, it might be that they're just busy because again, being an MVP yeah, doesn't give you yeah. money. It's not, not an income thing. Um, yeah. We all have our day job as well. So. Well, it is, is a job, a, a, absolutely, right? because like, you can, you could argue, right, that it doesn't affect the income because there are ways to, like, of course, it, it can affect, like, I, I know people, it can, right, but yeah. but it isn't a job, like, you don't have an SLA on, hmm. hey, you're an MVP now, so now you are under this SLA when you're supposed to yeah, answer exactly. anything people throw at you within X hours, that's not the case, right, and I mean, Maybe to um, clarify a little what I meant, I didn't mean it in that MVPs are arrogant towards folks whom they do not know, right? So I didn't mean that. MVPs are MVPs because they're helpful. They prove time and again that they are willing to help others. Like, so that is like already out of the gate, like that is a fact. Well, what I meant more is that once you're an MVP yourself, you get to know people more beyond just the question and answer you might get on the internet, on blogs and forums. Yeah. So that was the aspect that you, that, that at least for me, that was what changed after I became an MVP, right? Because like you got to meet with them in different venues, different times and so on, right? Beyond just the question and answer interaction that, that you might have on Twitter or their, their blog. Correct, yeah. Uh, but for me, uh, what had happened was uh, in the in the community, at least in office development, uh, it's it's so interactive that you you know these MVPs before uh, mm -hmm. you know before I became an MVP, I I you know I had interacted with uh, with a lot of MVPs like uh, you know Chris Kent, Dave Warner, uh, Hugo. So although they are based in US and UK, and so all mm -hmm. these interactions. Were, were already done so yep. right uh, but now for me the thing is uh, i think I'm, I'm hoping to get to know mvps in the other space because in the office right. development is uh, uh, it's like uh, you know you are in the calls uh, so you are basically in, in touch with them in one or the other way but yep. uh, mm -hmm. MVPs in the other space that's what uh, you know i'm hoping to uh, hoping to see in the in the coming years getting in touch with with the, with the MVPs in the other uh, other domains. Yeah. 
makes perfect sense. Now, uh, from a timing perspective, I let's do a few rounds of a your top three to five whatever points um, because I wanted to ask on a few things from your perspective as well. So, so first of all, uh, what would be our kind of a tips on on for people who would be looking into a career in development? So doing stuff what you do for a living. So how do you how do you get to do that? Where is there a what are the tips? How do you get to be a developer architect in content and cloud? Right. Uh, so firstly, it's uh, it's mainly SharePoint and uh, or Office related development. That's what uh, we do in the development team. Um, and uh, main main thing would be uh, like interest in the web development space and then uh, also the interest in in the uh, SharePoint space. Um, so. Yeah, that, that's what our team uh, focuses on, uh, SharePoint teams development and yeah, uh, office uh, development related uh, concepts. Uh, and uh, yeah, contribute a lot to the community and learn a lot from the community because that that helps you in, in all aspects. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, uh, that, that that's what I would, uh, I would say. Uh, yeah. There's for sure there's multiple channels and and we've been trying to improve that a lot within the past years as well. So making it easier for people to contribute and being involved. What about um, if if somebody is a kind of a developer and architect and wants to be an MVP? Is that yeah. the same answer or what's your tips on that? Right. So uh, for, for me at least, uh, it was you know we we have Chris O'Brien uh, 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 working at Container Cloud. So. Uh, I used to, uh, so I, I I I asked him to mentor me uh, in this process, and uh, uh, I got information from him and uh, took help from him. Uh, having said that, once I submitted the application, uh, the uh, the MVP, uh, I don't know what the MVP manager in the UK, uh, yep. Claire, uh, even yep. she helped me with uh, you know uh, with with different aspects. So help will always be available. Uh, but the main thing is you have to do your bit right to to become the MFA, which is uh, which involves uh, helping the community uh, in one or the other way, uh, be it blogs or videos or uh, you know whatever it is, uh, you know maybe delivering some sessions. So yeah, that that's uh, so as and how you learn things, try to share that in one or the other way, and uh, once you start sharing more and more. Uh, you can, uh, you know, think about becoming an MAP because as and how you learn, uh, or as and how you learn and uh, you share, you keep learning uh, more and keep sharing more. So that's the ultimate formula, I believe. So learn yep. more, share more, care more. Yeah, yeah, that's actually really good. <laughs> learn more, yeah. share. Yeah, that's really good. So, and then of course, and uh, to be an MVP, it has to be an existing MVP or Microsoft employee, which is nominating the person. So, as you are contributing, and as people are contributing, then you get to know people, and then you have those connections, and then people are basically more willing to submit the the candidate or submit the person to be an MVP, uh, and then then it's all about dealing with the submission and all of that. But um, connections. We can easily do uh, with the open source and community because those channels do exist, which is good. So, and I know you've been really fundamental on on sharing stuff. If you, if we go to the adoption, the sample unified sample gallery and check your name, there's like tens and tens of samples available immediately. So thank you for that. It's it's super valuable, uh, and also helping with the 
the, maybe that's a final topic to kind of touch. You've been you've been actually building a lot of the the Microsoft the Viva AECS extensions. Um, is that uh, is that a real customer demand already at this point, or is it just getting ready for uh, the future demand? So. Um, the current customer that I'm working with, uh, I have shown them a few samples, and there is some interest uh, yeah. uh, in that. Uh, but yeah, uh, they have to agree uh, with their stakeholders and then uh, start implementing that. So uh, th- uh, currently, that's what I've been using those samples for, just to showcase uh, what uh, what we can do with Viva Connections and how yeah. uh, they can be used. Uh, but but I'm sure in in a few weeks or a few months uh, down the line. Uh, we will uh, we will be implementing those uh, for, for some of our customers. Uh, so yeah, th- there is definitely a lot of interest on uh, uh, on those uh, Viva connection aces, and yeah, uh, uh, looking forward to implementing those uh, in, yeah. in 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 the customer uh, projects. Yeah, and it's it's kind of understandable. It, it went GA in November. Uh, it will take at least six months for people to get the budgeting and and all of that ready to to hey oh this is an yeah. interesting option. Let's actually create our corporate mobile uh, portal and think about these things in a different way. So. But cool, yeah. I think that's it pretty much for now. Uh, Anup, uh, Waldek, any any last questions? Putting it on. A- Make Questions? No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Let's take <laughs> care of timing for our guest. Yeah. Uh, as I said, Anu, thank you again for everything that you do for our community and help others. Uh, that is appreciated really, really much. Um, and and I guess it's 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 a really great thing to see how the work you do affect others and empowers others to do things on Microsoft Cloud. So yeah. for that, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, same here. Thank you very much, you both, for uh, for helping uh, the community and for what all you have done. And that I've taken inspiration from from you guys and from the other community members. So yeah, thank you once again, uh, you both as well. Thanks, Ron. Anup, thanks. And uh, for those who are watching, listening uh, on the on the show, uh, the next will jump into the weekly articles. But thank you, Anup, one more time, and we'll be absolutely in touch. Okay, great stuff. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. 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 And welcome back. Uh, this is Helsinki Calling. Now, um, thank you, Anup, one more time uh, So for the for a great uh, discussion. Uh, it's always good to catch up on, on what's happening. Anup is, is for sure one of those persons who's been actively involved and contributing awesome samples throughout the years. So we'll, we'll certainly add uh, links to the uh, blog posts related on this PMP Weekly uh, on his samples because they're actually available from the Unified Sample Gallery really easily. So that's a good way of doing that as well. Now that I'm saying that, we can actually start from there uh, just for the sake of it. Um, so in the articles, because that's the right way of doing that. And before I share, I share my screen, this is how well we are prepared. <laughs> so we are. I mean, it is okay. it is live. We're recording, and maybe the next time we need to do also a stream, so that if you have Ooh. nothing to do for an hour or so, like you can jo- join us live, see us. Yeah, but then they would actually and... see how well we prepared this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what's wrong with that? Like we're yeah, exactly. human, right? Are are, are we? Sure. We are right. I, we are. Yes, I'm actually a hologram, but uh, I'm just showing off for you. And I don't. Really, I'm not real. So, so uh, we let's actually start from here because the sample solution gallery uh, is the easiest way to actually show uh, and find what people have been contributing across the Microsoft Microsoft areas. 
This includes Microsoft samples and also community samples. And in, in the case of Anoop, uh, it's just really easy to do anoop.t uh, in here. Uh, um, and we can find right. the sample from Anoop, or we can click Anoop's name, um, and that's going to then load a bit different perspective uh, on the samples. And he has really submitted multiple samples for the community uh, on different cool. scenarios, different things throughout the year. So really, really cool. Oldest one from 2018, and the newest one is actually from this year. Yeah, no, last year actually. But um, I know that they're spending samples already uh, on other ones. So really, really cool stuff. And. On the adaption, on the unified sample gallery, of course, you can then go to the GitHub and download the sample or access the sample or download just the sample from GitHub as well. So really cool way of finding what's relevant for you. So that was a quick promo on the unified sample gallery. But let's move into the articles of this week. So we'll start with a monthly update uh, from Chris McNulty around the latest on Viva topics, uh, updates and year-end recap. And basically, uh, this is just a recap on, on the upcoming uh, features, which are in the roadmap coming into early 2022, like Yammer integration, Outlook integration, uh, people profile cards, index taxonomy for generating topics, CCC. So GCC is the, the governmental cloud, uh, so the topics will be available there as well pretty soon in US, which is pretty cool as well. And topics is already available in Viva Connections as part of the GA of the Viva Connection, so it was lighted up in there, and there has been a lot of improvements on that side as well. So really, really cool, uh, good summary, uh, and references to the roadmap items as well. Thank you, Chris, on that. Let's go then to the next one, which is Lee Ford. Yeah, so Lee wrote an article about how to make a bot for simple interactions in Teams with a webhook, right? So when you think about Teams, there are different types of apps you can build, right? We have bots, we have messaging extensions, webhooks, uh, incoming hooks, and there are also different ways to implement bots, right? You can have bots that you start interactions with, but you can also have bots that are proactive. So a bot reaches out to you. So with all the different types of apps, Lee took one example scenario that you can implement with this approach. Really good stuff and, and a nice detailed uh, blog post for testing things. What do you need to do and how do you set thing, uh, configure things to really have that functionality then up and running and good to have a GIF animation as well. Um, so, and there's the weather from London. So really, really cool stuff. Thank yep. you, Lee, on that. Now, the next blog post is from Shursti Eshar. Sorry for the pronunciation. And it's quickly set up a Viva Connection app in Microsoft Teams using Teams Admin Center. So basically, uh, recapping the steps, uh, how to get started on enabling the Viva Connection app uh, in the Microsoft Teams, which is something, it is, it's it's kind of a special thing, so to say, because it is a, its own application, but then you can configure that to be specific for your company. So there's a configurable, editable experience yeah. on that. Uh, so, but he walks through the, the required steps on creating a home site and enabling the global navigation, going to the admin center, finding the right Viva Connection application, personalizing that to be something else and enabling that to be available. So really cool stuff as well. And then we have something new in YouTube. Exactly, so last week, I believe, we at Microsoft launched a new channel all about Teams. So we're gonna show videos that demonstrate different features, different types of apps, how do you start and so forth and so on, all geared towards trying to help you understand what Teams are, what do they have to offer, and how you can use them for different scenarios in your work. Yeah, 
really good. Um, and this gives you have an isolated kind of a Microsoft Teams channel as well, which is dedicating for Teams topics for sure. So even though, of course, the technologies are overlapping, but uh, Teams is for sure one of the most important applications what we have currently. And it's growing so fast. So people are using more and more Teams, which is really, really cool. Now, the next one in here uh, is from David Ravalho, create folders on SharePoint document library from CSV. So basically, uh, how do I, how would I automate uh, creation of folder structure uh, in a SharePoint site using a CSV file? So really nice way of using PMP PowerShell and then read the CSV file and then based on the, the naming of, or the content of the CSV file, execute and create some structures in the SharePoint sites. And BMP PowerShell is for sure the easiest way to do that um, because it has such a huge coverage. I think it's more than 600 commentlets nowadays, which is just mind-blowing. So really, really cool. Then let's move in here. Yes, we have a new article from Leon Armstrong who writes about a new trigger that we have for Power Automate flows, which is able to start a flow when a file is classified by a model in SharePoint syntax, right? So that gives you the, the ability to start a whole flow whenever there is a change coming from, from syntax on a, on, on a doc and allow you basically that way to automate the way you handle a document or yep. a process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The SharePoint Syntax is kind of an advanced premium feature, uh, which does require additional licenses, but it actually does a lot of automation then uh, for your document management systems. So we're not going to deep dive on that today, uh, but something to check out for sure. Then we had a blog post from Siddharth Vakhasia uh, around create your first adaptive card extension with SPFX. So, so creating for the Viva connection, um, you are implementing adaptive card extensions, which are ACs. Um, so creating ACs with SPFX. So a lot of words on those abbreviations, right? Uh, but basically walking through how do I create an ACE, uh, how do I, how does it actually work and how it's being exposed, how do I do debugging and see it alive and how do I evolve that. So really good stuff from Siddharth for sure. Thank you for that. Then we have something from Liam Cleary, <laughs> right? So Liam is very experienced in the space of security and this time around he has a new article about security in Power Automate, right? So what are the different options, the licenses, uh, permissions, limitations, restrictions? What are the things that you can control and tweak to basically ensure that the, the an environment is set up the way you want it to? And with you want it to, we often mean the governments or the rules, the policies that a company might have, right? So, so Liam goes on through different options and knobs and settings that are available to you uh, in Power Automate. Yep, pretty good stuff for sure, and a great reference to check those things out. Then we had a blog post from Carmen Yusevit, uh, Teams UI Toolkit for Makers, an introduction. And Teams UI Toolkit is something which is available uh, in the format of, uh, what is it? The graphics. Figma. Uh, Figma, Figma files, yes, exactly. As a controls, uh, there's reusable controls, there's samples and all of that available. But basic idea here is the the having consistent look and feel for your solution, uh, regardless how do you build the solution. So having a UI practices and design guidance available, how your solution should look like, um, and that help that's going to help on, of course, using then the solution uh, because it's familiar. The look and feel is familiar for the end users as well. 
Brad Carmen is watching and walking through as an introduction blog post um, on what's available, what does it actually mean, and how to get started, and how to access uh, the UI toolkit in Figma, or how to access the 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 come on the sandbox. What is it? The playground? Playground? Is it playground? It's playground. Anyway, yes, yes it is. that's that's what it is. <laughs> Moving on on here uh, from Appy. Yes, correct. We have a new article from Albuchan's Hot, also known as API, about how can you use CLI for Microsoft 365 to see if any account in your AAD has been pawned using the Have I Been Pawned service, right? So there is this um, service on the internet managed and built by Troy uh, Hunt, who really keeps track of all data leaks and different accounts that are in there. And with CLI for Microsoft 365, we, we recently included an update, new command that allows you to check, basically have an easy way to automate that, to check whether that given account was pawned in any or was included in any of the known leaks, right? So at a company, and I guess like, like this is the, uh, the whole premise of this article, is how you can enumerate all accounts that you have in your AD and check them against, have I been pawned? And then based on that, you could have send people adaptive card or reminder or email build a report to basically keep track of, hey, your account was included in these leaks. If maybe you should think about changing the password or yeah. do some action on it. Really, really cool stuff and super useful for sure for administrators to have something like this running and schedule your task for once a yeah. week or double checking the situation. Really, really cool stuff for sure. Now, then we have Peter Winstra um, and his shared pains, plug <laughs> first. Handle unmanaged uh, changes made to tables in a default solution for Power Platform. So it talks about the different options in here and, and how to deal with those situations. Uh, so again, really detailed and a nice blog post from Peter uh, with the screenshots and all of that like he usually does. So really, really cool stuff from him. And he actually blocked another one as well, which was... Disable editing of your production apps and flows in Power Platform. And this is important one, right? Because yeah. like typically what we see or what you would think of it is that if you build a flow or a Power App, it's very much meant for, like you build that as a user, a person, and you build it primarily to automate your own work or simplify your own work. But what we, what we see a lot in practice is that these auto automations or these apps you build are so cool that they are quickly evolve and travel. And before you know, it's a thing for you and your colleagues and then you and your team. And before you know, it's half of your org running them, right? And at that point, you might say, well, I want to share it with others, but they don't want anybody else to fiddle with it. Yeah. So Peter shows how you can ensure that not that anybody else will not change it or break it for others, right? So, so show you that what are the different options you have to ensure that your apps cannot be edited. Yep. Really, really good stuff. A good, good amount of settings. And, and as we are introducing new settings here and there, it's really good to have this blog post on explaining what those settings are, why do they exist, and, and explain the value out of them. And then as a last um, last article or a video, which is the Microsoft Craft to monitor identity and security from uh, Paolo Pialorzi from Piazos. And this really works about 
the, the operations around identity management and monitoring and for the security side as well. So basically, how, what are those different things and settings which we have available in the uh, in the Microsoft Graph uh, for different operations? And of course, a lot of these operations are then also available in the Microsoft Graph PowerShell commandlets, um, so which is completely understandable. So you can easily do scripting and automation, checking things, double checking settings and all of that stuff as well. So. There's so many APIs in Microsoft Graph nowadays, which is awesome. Coverage is growing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, exactly. It's just one single place for developers and admins to learn to be able to automate and program anything in 365. Yep. Brilliant, right? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So what's happening today uh, or this week? Anything interesting? I'm back at work. Last week I was I was sick, so I basically missed almost the whole week. So now I'm back. I was like, hey, there are quite a few things that piled up on my to-do list. So I'm getting no. back to no. work. Yeah, just, just a few things. Um, so getting back to that, um, we had another release of CLI from Microsoft 365. Uh, the latest uh, release included a new command for updating planner tasks. Right, oh. so we offered quite a few few options there, like easy way to reference a task by its title and be able to update the assignment users, move it around buckets and plans and all that. So all of that is available there. Yep. Uh, we're working on more commands for CLI for Microsoft 365, especially around managing Microsoft 365 apps. Um, and other than that, there are quite a few things that are moving, starting to move, how, how one of them is an interesting premise that like, if you look at Microsoft 365, right, we have a lot of re resources available. We have samples, tutorials, docs, learn, videos, community, like we have a lot. And the challenging part is not to, that we miss a resource. Like imagine you wanna build an app, right? Challenge is that we, not not that we miss a resource, that, uh, challenges to find the app up-to-date right, resource that shows yeah. exactly that thing, right? So I I came up with the idea, like, what if we would offer uh, quick re reference cards, like basically a single page that outlines the different resources and links in single place, so that you don't yeah. need to go to internet and search and I mean, like hope that you recipes, find the right things we used to right have course. at some point. Well, it's not really a recipe, right? Because it doesn't teach you to to, to follow sure, the exact Sure, sure, but it's references. Because the, we explained the, them already. Yeah, yeah, of course. But of basically course. trying to gather in single place all resources relevant for the particular type of app, yep. right? So yep. I shared on social uh, two recipes that I already built and asking basically like, hey, would this, if you had this, the next time you need to build an app, would that help? Yep. Do we miss something? Where we can improve? What are the things uh, would you like to see? So if you catch it, and maybe we can include a link to one of these uh, posts. Yep. To basically, I would really appreciate everybody's opinion on it. Is that something that you would like to see us at Microsoft, and maybe even community, to spend some some time on that? Or do you say like, wait, I already have my own way to go about it. I know my research. I don't need that, which is also fine. So we'd love to that, learn more about that. That would be certainly really good to have this kind of an M365 wide collection of, hey, you're looking into doing X and Y and Z. Have a look on these resources. Oh, you're yeah. looking into doing here. Have a look on these resources. So having that yeah, kind exactly. of catalog for sure uh, would help. So now I understand. Yeah, and also keep thing that. So. 
up to date keep that up to date over time that's always because the challenge. as that, things evolve you know like yeah. which sdk because then you can find a sample from two years back which yeah. might show the right approach but maybe the sdk is out of date and when you right. update an sdk right. then you need to update some other things and before you know you spend the whole day trying to run a sample yeah. which you yeah. might or might not need right so yep. we also try to address that gap absolutely absolutely makes perfect sense really How very about good you? stuff how about you? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. A lot of, a lot of meetings this week. Uh, so I was just, we were having this chat when we started. So one of my days starts at 7 a.m. and ends at 11 p.m. Uh, so of course, during the daytime, there will be breaks, but it, it's the globalization, the beauty of having teams in China and India and in Richmond. So, and then trying to cross the the schedules between all of them it's like ha 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 asynchronous but, work like you still yes. gotta you still gotta reinvent asynchronous work absolutely absolutely and i, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's more about empowering people to make their own decisions and the teams to make their yeah. own decisions so that they feel comfortable of doing that without always having the blessing between the 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 more senior people whatever they are so but it's every now and then, for example, some of the meetings are with partners. So you actually want to have that partner meeting because it's an important that you yeah. are, as a Microsoft, especially showing interest towards uh, larger partners that you actually want to hear what they need to be having. So all of that stuff. Yeah. So. But I guess that the most important one this week will be the new version of SharePoint Framework uh, 1.14 beta uh, is now uh, coming this week. It's probably coming out before actually this is released, this video and podcast. So let's see. Well, depending when you're watching this, it that might have true. already been been, yes. been available, right? And now so. it's already really close to 1.14, the, the final version. Then the release candidate is coming probably next week and then pretty soon there's going to be GA. So that's good. Getting that. So. Curious. What are the top two things that are included in there? Uh, this, uh, well, top two would be the improvements on the ACE caching. So ACE, ACE uh, uh, adaptive card uh, performance, and there's a caching capabilities related on data. So basically storing information more easily in, a, in the card level and then refreshing that after the initial loading. So there's this kind of data improvements on that. And then mm -hmm. the, the second one is uh, the new template. So basically, as we are creating uh, a new solution, there will be more structured and more comprehensive sample related on theming support in Microsoft Teams and the background support for SharePoint and all of that stuff. So you can you can choose to have a cool. super simplified web part output, or you can have a more complex, which is showing all of the, the theming support and all of that stuff as well. Cool. And I guess when we release 1.14, we will also include the guidance how you can take it or leverage these new features in projects you have already built in the past, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the oh, intention and here is I that... hope you would say yes, and then like, oh, and now we need to do it because we said so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So didn't fall no, for that. That is one. absolutely ah. the intention. So so have the guidance on the on the on the theming and the background colors and all of that. That guidance actually exists already in the docs, but it's again scattered here and there. So having yeah. having an output from the Yeoman generator, which is by default immediately supporting the theming support and uh, the accessibility support in the teams is is good rather than you have to worry about how do I get this stuff done. So Exactly. And yeah, and actually the, the worst part is is that 
everybody needs to do the same work because it's right. a baseline for everybody. Exactly. Like you exactly. want to know when you're, you want to be able to respond to things. The way you respond to it is different, but you want to be able to know at least, right? And that yep. part is exactly the same for everybody because you run in Teams and SharePoint and Viva. And it's yep. the common thing for everybody. So it makes, so, makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Cool. But cool. I think that's it for this one. So we'll be back again within a week. So thank you everybody for listening, watching, and please remember hashtag BMP Weekly. So to inform us on anything what you're building or creating. So thank you for that. Thank you, Waldek. We'll be back. Thank you, Vesa. Bye. Bye-bye.